you seek the key. But first, you must learn the ways of precision, craft, and performance with Acura's all-electric ZDX. With a premium Bang & Olufsen sound system up to a 313-mile range and a Type S variant with an estimated 500 horsepower, the ZDX is their most powerful SUV yet. Unlock the energy when you visit Acura.com to order yours today. Market insight and analysis. You're listening to the opening bell of CNBC Squawk on the Street. Good Monday morning. Welcome to Squawk on the Street. I'm Carl Quintanilla with Jim Cramer. David Favors back with the New York Stock Exchange. Futures up uh, 320 or so, poised for the biggest opening bell bounce since July. Uh, big week, of course, as we set the table for Powell's Jackson Hole speech on Friday morning. Europe is green amid more reports of Germany planning some fiscal stimulus measures. Tenure gets back to 162, and you see gold selling off today. Our roadmap begins with the president sounding off on everything from the trade war to recession fears to his dinner with Tim Cook. And one company. Company is shrugging off concerns about an economic slowdown in China. We're going to tell you which one that is. And it's a moment of truth for Lyft as ins- insiders get their first chance to sell shares at the open. Stocks are set to build on Friday's rally. We're heading into this morning's trading session. The Dow is within 394 points of recouping all the losses from that Wednesday sell-off of 800 points. Is the economy at risk of recession? Take a listen to what the president and some of his top aides said yesterday. I don't think we're having a recession. We're doing tremendously well. Our consumers are rich. I gave a tremendous tax cut, and they're loaded up with money. They're buying. I saw the Walmart numbers. They were through the roof. I sure don't see a recession. We had some blockbuster uh, retail sales consumer numbers uh, towards the back end of last week. We have the strongest economy in the world. Money is coming here for our stock market. It's also coming here to chase yield in our bond market. Vice President today talks to the Detroit Economic Club. Uh, Jim, we're going to hear more uh, from this administration about the economy. Right. I think that they got a break this morning. You come in after what putting everyone out there and you've got the so-called end of the inverted yield curve. Uh, there's a lot of uh, intelligentsia that comes on and scares you on the inverted yield curve. But you know, seven out of seven has produced a recession. And I think what, what the president's people are saying is, look, this time is different, which are dangerous words. We know that. But I do believe that when you listen to what Navarro was saying, Navarro, it's become Navarro versus the world. Navarro is saying, look, the money's still coming here, and it makes sense, and that's the inverted yield curve. And Larry relying on what he always did, which is just on aggregate numbers. The president drilling down on Walmart, which was an extraordinary quarter. Uh, where does that leave the rest of retail? That's my big worry. That's what I worked on all weekend, because we're doing programming about the American consumer. Um, 92% of all retail is still brick and mortar. And brick and mortar is living hell. And we have to start focusing on that. That's the weakness. Well, it's not as though we haven't been focused on it. We've sat here for many years discussing the decline of retail, particularly mall-based retail, which is worsening. Macy's was uh, Um, the biggest wake-up call I've had in ages. Yeah. I mean, 9% yield. Really, well, as you pointed work. out many times, one thing, I mean, Jeanette certainly did is put the capital structure in the right place from right. when he came in. Down. So yeah, conceivably, they can still support that. But you do wonder when you get to a 9% dividend whether it's worth even maintaining it at that level or whether you might want to conserve some cash. We see big by deals. By just cutting it, even if you don't have right. to, although I mean, it might send a bad sign, right? I was so. working on Signet, which is Jared. So they have more than 2,500 stores. And look at that 12% yield. So I, I'm just saying, let's balance what the president says. And Walmart is the biggest. Uh, remember, I like Amazon. Target reports this week. Costco's great. Home Depot tomorrow. Uh, balance those against what's in the mall. 
And every mall owner, all the REITs, they go through experiential, experiential, experiential. I'm tired of experiential. Uh, I, I do believe that they have, many of these malls have vacancies. A vacant mall is a place you don't want to go. This is, but this is only going one way. We know, it's I mean, big. Well, plus it's I mean, Amazon's dominance and, and that well, of the David, other major retailers that have adopted and are competing aggressively in online, a la uh, Walmart, even Target, Nordstrom. Even though Which, by the way, in a journal it. piece this morning, did all the right things. Right. Still couldn't make it work. Rent the runway. You know, the, these people, the, the millennial is very hard to figure. They'd rather rent the runway. They don't have a lot of money. They're still... Uh, look, I'm focused on the directive of looking at the American consumer. Spent a lot of time this weekend on that. And American consumer is going away from the traditional. And I just think it's an Achilles heel. So, I all think right. That's what, As you point out, 92% still brick and mortar, 8%. Online is the winning going up, up, up. Look, as unless a percentage you're overall, but online or off price, online or off price. But keep that the, in your head. To the point made by the president and his advisors, the consumer does remain consumer fairly is still strong, robust. Right? Consumer is still robust, and that does matter. The consumer has to stay robust because uh, if you're international, it's slowing for you for the most part. Well, you, you saw the Michigan numbers Friday, spending intentions on appliances, on new vehicles. Got to go back three or four years to see them this low. There's, look, there's undercurrents that are worrisome. It's just that the, these new, look, there's baby boomers who are near the end of the line, they're buying bonds. And then there's the millennials, and they just, they're in a sharing economy. I mean, look, Lyft, which is quite a good company, the lockup expires today. Um, Lyft is kind of synonymous with the current economy. They don't buy cars. We're, 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 you know, nine, it's, in the year 2000, we're making as many cars as then. I mean, nobody, but we're such a bigger country. In the same way that you go back 50 years for housing, we're doing the same amount of starts. Okay, so housing and uh, cars used to be a pretty important part of the uh, consumer economy. Right, and that's, those are diminished. Housing may no longer be punching above its weight. Uh, oh, oh, look, I'm looking for things that could go wrong. The possibility that unemployment, uh, the, the last time it was like this was 1969. Wow, we're really thrilled about that. What happened the next year? What happened during that period? We did get a recession. I, I don't want to play against the current narrative because I've been bullish about the consumer, but I'm focused on what could go wrong just because when you're, I find when you're up 300 points in the Dow, you're an idiot if you focus on what's going to go right because then you're just getting people in. And then the bonds reverse, and you just look like a... So you don't think the lows are in on bond yields for the year or that gold's topped out for the year? I like gold. I've like been gold saying that a lot lately. I like gold in the weakness. I like American uh, agnico oil. Well, that seems to I go like against, it. then, your theme that things are better than people think. If I'm you're worried about Europe. Liking gold. I'm worried about Europe. Well, so is the Bundesbank today. Well, what Morning are they report, They're probably going to tip into recession. Don't they need to do something to reinforce their banks? I mean, don't they need to? They never did a Geithner. Remember how much uh, Kovacevic hated what happened to Wells? Well, Wells likes that. Right. What you point out is, and it's a key that's always worth mentioning, we did go and, and recapitalize our banks by actually being honest with the stress tests, for right. the first ones particularly, right. and forcing the banks, even when they said no, 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 to no. take TARP money and to go out and recapitalize. It's brilliant. By, in contrast, the Europeans never perhaps fully recognize the holes in the balance sheets of some of their main financial institutions and are still suffering as a result yeah, of that. Perhaps. I think that if I were the, the Europeans, I'd be very worried about their banking system because I look at the bank stocks. Uh, and that's what you need to worry All right. about. But if they're going to have, if you're saying that you're worried about it and it could get worse, that's going to impact over here. I can remember 2011 didn't go particularly well for our equity markets. No, it didn't. And again, I'm just trying to say 
before you decide that there's an all clear, let's remember that a week ago we thought we were on death's door. And I don't like this. I mean, sometimes my, my daughter will do something. My 28-year-old will start out she's mad at me. I'll say, this is the worst day ever. And then by the end of the day, she's, uh, you know, nice to me. This is the greatest day ever. You can't do that. That's called bipolar, okay? And you don't want to be bipolar. I mean, you could take Lamictal. Yeah, one of those uh, anti-seizure drugs, but they're from the 50s. Uh, listen, There's nothing new. Back to 69. I'll take a sports year for New York teams like 69, even with a recession on the end of it. That is so... See how pertinent he is? Basically recreating it as we speak. <laughs> this, this season's been great. Yeah. yeah. It, well, for yeah, baseball's yeah. looking all right. But there we had three. Right. We had three. Right. Yeah, we had true. the Jets, the Mets, and the Knicks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. See that Why didn't he not... You know, I, look... I, I, I don't want to necessarily devolve the sports, but... Sorry. No, that's okay. You need to take us there. I'm focused, I am focused entirely on the concept that you cannot get as rosy as you were negative. It's just a sucker's game. Be temperate. The president... Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. The president liked Walmart. The president didn't focus on Macy's. How about, wouldn't that be something you say, but the Macy's had a bad call out. No, we focus on Walmart. Walmart's much bigger, obviously. Uh, Walmart is a better reflection of the U.S. consumer. Walmart is good. I'm just watch, watch my watch yes. word. But I think that Walmart, the greatness of Walmart, is that it devastates all other retail. It's been wiping out retail for ages. Uh, some of these mall vacancies are shocking. They're shocking, and you're seeing that they're trying to fill the vacancies with pop-up stores. The the uh, tar- t- uh, Tanger, they're terrible. By the way, some, me of the, real estate. some of the vacancies when you walk the streets of Manhattan are also shocking. Well, do you ever see anybody with shopping bags anywhere? No. They order online. Take a look. The shopping ask, bag ask, index. Ask the doorman in Manhattan how people are shopping. Yeah. yeah. That, all they do all day is take packages. It's just in. logistics now. If I see That's one all more it is chewy package, yeah. net-a-porte. I mean, what is net-a-porte? It's something that wipes out brick and mortar. That's what it is. Target, by the way, has an amazing, amazing uh, delivery system. When you do same day or next day, you're king. You're king. King for that day. Macy's does not have a great online. They'll tell you they do. Signet, by the way, which is this jeweler that I'm focused on, they have like 5% online. You know that that's not enough. Look at Apple, will you? What the hell? Well, it's funny you mention that. President talked about having dinner with Tim Cook uh, Friday, last Friday night. They discussed tariffs and Apple's rival, Samsung. Take a listen to this. Tim was talking to me about tariffs, and you know, one of the things, and he made a good case, is that Samsung is their number one competitor, and Samsung is not paying tariffs because they're based in South Korea, and it's tough for Apple to pay tariffs if they're competing with a very good company that's not. So Samsung is not paying tariffs because they're based in a different location, mostly South Korea, but they're based in South Korea. And I thought he made a very compelling argument, so I'm thinking about it. Yep. Well, says he made a, a good case on tariffs. You know, it's funny. He doesn't watch Mad Money, clearly. Because oh, I've been sorry. Say, I, yeah, it was, it was insulting. I say it almost every night that this is a win for Samsung. No, actually, I've said it. You've said it on this show, too, many it's times. It's meant absolutely nothing. So then Tim Cook says it, and suddenly it resonates. Now, actually, I'm not being facetious. I have said this over and over again, that a tariff on Apple is a win for Samsung. And uh, my reporting indicates that that was irrelevant. Irrelevant. As a matter of fact, they wanted to punish Apple for making things in China. That, this is a very new attitude. It's a major shift by the president. It's against the Navarro game plan. Well, all he said is, as he often does, is and we're looking at it. 
Well, he needs to give it to Huawei. How are we doing Huawei today? We got 90 Today's, more days, right? No, today's more the day. Days, a day after the president signaled that that wouldn't happen. We, we got it. Yeah, and I, I, I struggle to think about what the real policy is. I mean, it, it's always good. The talks are always good with Xi, but then there are no talks. How about the fact that I read a piece this weekend that is so contrary to what the intelligentsia says? How about the face loss by Xi in Hong Kong? Every weekend there's a big protest in Hong Kong. Where's the power? Where's the power of Xi? I thought he was like 100 years. Well, I'm not sure you want to see that. And by the way, in the form of troops on the ground there, that would be a bad day. Protests this weekend were were peaceful. No tear gas this time. Well, I'm just saying that there's this whole question of how... What, where is she stra- uh, status with the country? Do they really like the fact that their economy is slowing as much as it is? It, it is slowing. The Chinese economy is slowing, it's yes. And it's taking down other yeah. economies you know, along with like ours. Ours. Yes, like Germany. Matter. Germany, Italy. Ours is slowing, too. Ours is slow. Look, there's no doubt. No one is saying ours isn't slowing. I am saying at least we have a strong consumer, but I want that consumer to stay strong. How long does the consumer stay strong if every day everybody talks about recession? How about Larry? Shouldn't Larry have said this? Larry Cudlow, I work with Larry Cudlow. He should have gone for recession. <laughs> Do you think a Fed cut of 50 basis points is going to reassure them? I think that... Yeah, you I do. do. I do. I mean, look, Jackson Hole has to be... And we got Steve Beesman out there in Jackson Hole. Uh, but I, I've got to tell you, uh, j Powell's in a hole. And he's got to pull it out, Jackson. We're going to talk more about uh, Jackson Hole, obviously the event of the week. We'll get Kramer's Mad Dash countdown to the opening bell. Take another look here at the pre-market. Got to get to 26.279 to wipe out that Wednesday sell-off. Back in a minute. Electricity, a big idea that's inspired countless new ones, from powering the light bulb to virtually powering our entire lives. 30 years ago, State Street launched the Spider S&P 500 ETF, SPY, a big idea that inspired the world to invest differently and still does. What can you do with SPY? Before investing, consider the fund's investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Visit SSGA.com for a prospectus containing this and other information. Read it carefully before investing. SPY is subject to risks similar to those of stocks. All ETFs are subject to risk, including possible loss of principal. Alps Distributors, Inc. Distributor. All right, let's get to a mad dash as we get ready to start the trading week about 14 minutes or so from now. SD Lauder going to be a future day. Yes, and this is an amazing quarter. Why is it so important? Because there was a considerable short position buildup. Why? Because one of their big fulcrums is uh, China. Particularly Hong Kong, by the way. Hong Kong, get this, Hong Kong airport sales. That has always been very, very important. And they basically said, listen, we're in great shape. So a lot of shorts are going to be scrambling here. This was a beat and raise that is probably one of the most uh, beautiful prestige brands selling very well. What is Fabrizio Freitas' secret? He, this is, I'm not kidding, he does reverse mentoring. There's a couple of days a month where basically his younger people tutor the older people. They get a great sense of what the selfie generation wants. And look at this breakout. Oh, well, listen, you have talked for a long time, and we have focused on the success of this company in China. Mr. Freda and is a genius. And despite all of the tension, it continues to have great success there. Well, he spends a gigantic... Do you know when he goes to China, which he goes quite awfully, oftenly, he's, he actually, oftenly, he's often, he sits down 
with teenagers and people in their 20s, influencers in China, which there are many, to find out what they like. And prestige brands really resonate there. The United States is good, too. Uh, and we have to w- wonder whether the United States is good enough after what happened with Macy's, because they sell a lot in the department store level. But this took a lot of people by surprise for a belief that he would have to guide more tepidly, given what's happening in Hong Kong. And he didn't. Right. I know they're nitpickers who are going to try to go against him here because there's such a big short but position. Is there a larger takeaway, though, for the state of the Chinese consumer? Or is it really very yes, specific is. to this particular brand at this particular time? I know time? you're not going to like this, David, but the larger takeaway is Instagram. Instagram. People don't want to walk outside their house because of selfies and Instagram. And I think it's really rather remarkable how powerful Instagram is. And people don't recognize that. It is all about yourself. Well, you, you coined that. Be your well, selfie best. Fabrizio has tutored me. He schooled me. That's a better term than tutored. All right. As we count you down to the opening bell, by the way, let's give you one more look here at the futures. Of course, we are set up for a higher open on Wall Street, which will open about 11 minutes from now. We've got a lot more squawking the street straight ahead. Let's get straight to the point. You want to grow your portfolio to fight rising costs of inflation or pay off your debt or anything standing in the way of you and financial freedom, right? Yahoo Finance, our sponsor today, can help. For more than 25 years, Yahoo Finance has been helping great investors like you. Whether you're a seasoned investor or just looking for tips, Yahoo Finance makes it super easy by putting all the tools and data you need in one spot. Yahoo Finance takes a holistic look at the financial news cycle, including breaking news, original editorial perspectives, analyst ratings, independent research, customizable charts, and more. You can securely link your brokerage accounts for a unified view of your wealth, including 401k and other investments. That's how Yahoo Finance gives you insights and helps you take a look at your wealth in its entirety. That big picture perspective is what great investors need. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit the brand behind every great investor. YahooFinance.com, the number one financial destination. YahooFinance.com. That's YahooFinance.com. After two Mondays in a row of 1% declines, uh, we're looking for 1% in the other direction and then some as we try to get back last week's losses. Opening bell in about eight minutes. You're watching CNBC Squawk on the Street, live from the financial capital of the world. The opening bell in just about five and a half minutes. Uh, busy morning as we uh, await uh, Chair Powell and Jackson Hole on Friday. You got more reports now that the Germans are considering fiscal stimulus, and we wonder whether or not their long memories on inflation are starting to fade. Black zero. That's apparently the plan. It's a bit of an emergency plan to be able to stimulate. You're absolutely right, Carl. It's in the Constitution that they're basically not allowed to do anything. Uh, But things are, I don't say things are dire, but they're in recession. That's the way I look at it. Europe's in recession. The thing I'm most worried about is... uh, is UK going to be in a depression? UK, right. Uh, October 31st, if you get a hard Brexit. By the way, that will also push the Europe further into economic distress or whatever you want to call it. We have to always talk about what's the plan for UK. I think it's what's the plan for Europe. That's going to be very jarring. You know, all these things are man-made. They're all man-made. And it's uh, we had a guest earlier talking on Squawk about how you, you can't create jobs with lower interest rates. Now, I, I think that ultimately, if you're in, in Italy, there really isn't that much of a banking system. I, I'm not being facetious. It's almost like a barter economy. 
So you're right. I, look, what do they really need to do? I think we all know what they need to do. They've got to get rid of the euro, and they don't have any intention of doing that. You need to have the euro go away because the euro is, is the mark. It's the Deutsche Mark. They're crushing everybody. So what, you're talking multiple Brexits regard, involving lots of countries, no, lots of members? No, they won't do it. They won't do it. But we keep trying to figure out how do they get back on track. I mean, what are they just going to mean? Permanent no growth? I mean, that's not good for the world. It's just not. And Let me know like, when they come out of negative interest rates. I know. I mean, well, you know, getting yourself out of that is not easy either. There's stories on the tape this morning interviewing companies who say, yeah, we know borrowing costs are negative. We're still not interested. We're just not interested in accruing the debt. Well, I, I, I spoke to my wife this weekend about buying a house in Denmark because there's zero uh, interest rates. I said, what do you do? I know, we like houses. Can't yeah, own stocks. No, I, listen, I Can't own stocks. I think you should have another home. And why well, not Denmark? Because I'd like to vacation All right. there more because regularly. Because it's so. too expensive. They're too expensive. It's yeah. not just the interest rate. The home itself is too expensive. That's the euro speaking. I don't know. You can't. The, you can't Even with the dollar right zero now mortgage. fairly strong? Still too expensive? But there's big friction when you want to buy a house over there. Yeah. There's friction. Plus, you don't, it's not like you really know. I mean, there, was a, there were 16 people at the closing for the house we bought in Italy. 16 people. And we were just like, here, have some euros. Have some and euros. And then there's the euros. carrying costs once you own it, right? How many olive trees do you have you planted? Um, 200. <laughs> uh, but that was at the order of the government. We already had 200. And the agronomo came in and said, we need another 200 olive These trees. And by the way, you can't problems, export it. Aren't they, Carl? You can't export the olive oil. These are really high-class oh, problems. Well, uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you oh, just you you sell it to yourself. my houses? How do I deal it's with the It's a major high-quality problem. <laughs> it's a high-quality problem. We rent the place for, four, for, you know, for 40 weeks. That's how you do it. Yes. But I'm just pointing out that you would think that with my, with zero mortgages, we would, Americans would be over there buying the heck out of it. Right? right? And that's not happening. I mean, come on. But Wonderful it, Copenhagen. Remember that one? Maybe what it's Victor saying Porter? about the view of the future and the, the fact that people seem to think assets deflate as opposed that's to... That's my point. I know. Right. That's my point. You buy that farmhouse in Copenhagen, in uh, Denmark, I think you lose value. I just don't think that... Remember, we have, we have greater affordability in our country. Houses are not losing value anymore because it's very hard to build them. We have a lot of issues in terms of the, they've changed a lot of the zoning issues. Plus salt, you can build them. It's no longer that advantageous. Look, I'm just pointing out up 300, you've got to be thinking about all the things that people will think about if we give up the 300. You'll hear all these guys come on and say, I told you so. A lot of I told you so's out. Where's Dalio? Doesn't he hate it? How about the Morgan, Morgan Stanley guy? Morgan Stanley this he, morning, he Michael Wilson, 2,700. The Fed China trade put has expired. Uh, 50 basis points will spook investors, spook consumers. Mr. Wilson! Uh, meantime, the lockup period for Lyft's IPO ends today, earlier than expected. The original date was September 24th. Stock's down about 28% from the yeah. March IPO price. I think we're talking about uh, 250 million shares or so, right? Oh, man. Well, there you go. Coming right at you. Coming at you. The quarter was good, but nobody then Uber's quarter was particularly bad. Just so this is a feature for some of these, particularly some of the larger ones. We discussed it with Derek Khosrowshahi. A week, or a, week, a little over a week ago about the, what he was going to do about the uh, lockup uh, expiration at Uber. And he's like, what, what can I do? You know, it's something I can't control. And right. In this case, the same with Lyft. You do wonder whether, given the performance or lack of performance in the stock, whether will that mitigate selling or not? I actually think that because it was a great quarter, uh, there should have been buying. But because of this, there hasn't been. So I think Lyft, if David were sitting there and he asked me, what's the key to this market? I would have to say Lyft. 
Really? Yes. In what way? It's got to stabilize. It can't go down four or five. That would be a real tell for a lot of other things. Look at Beyond Meat. Remember the fabled Beyond Meat? Well, it broke that print. It broke the print. That's a, that's an interesting sign. You know? Yep. Let's get the opening bell here. S&P 500 at the CNBC Real-Time Exchange at the big boards. Wall Street rides for autism research, celebrating its fifth annual event. Actually um, run by a former CNBC producer, Allison Tepper Singer, uh, watching them and congratulating them over the NASDAQ parent company of the Riverview Community Bank, Riverview Bank Corp. As breath here, Jim, is uh, pretty good at the open, and we'll see what holds. Yeah, I mean, I'm watching Cisco also. Cisco had the so-called disappointing guidance. It was actually a good quarter. Uh, when we interviewed Chuck Robbins, we almost forgot that it was a good quarter and focused on a series of downer comments that were made on the conference call. Uh, if that stock works its way back, we're in forgiveness mode. Uh, earlier, we had a guest talking about, no, no, Josh, Josh, I've been talking about the possibility that Alphabet, 15 years, happy birthday, might take a look at Nutanix. Now, that's very interesting. Nutanix is against VMware. I don't know if you've noticed VMware, but on David, on a pivotal, pivotal uh, possible acquisition of Pivotal. Right. Well, that was viewed as suboptimal by the marketplace. Your point about Cisco, Jim, uh, has a ways to go to get back to last Wednesday. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think that where we are in this market is, uh, you, let's say you report a bad quarter. Uh, you wait you wait a few weeks and then you go buy. I mean, there is a, uh, there's, there's a lot of, um, here, here's one to watch. Same thing. PayPal guided down, just like Cisco. PayPal hit 105, 106. I think it's now going to work its way back. Uh, there's a lot of a belief that these particular payment processing and networking stocks are down. And uh, for no reason, I want to focus on one that is, I thought was the single uh, best tech quarter, NVIDIA. NVIDIA was quite a surprise last week. Right. Uh, go over that conference call. You're blown away. Gaming is back. Uh, data center getting stronger. There is a, a autonomous drive. They're with Volvo, but they didn't talk about Volvo is with Uber. Uber needs autonomous driving in order to be able to make it so that they have economy of scale. Right now, they don't. Right now, drivers are too expensive. What are you looking at? I'm saying hello to Hey, how you Allison. doing? Good to see you. What the hell are you doing? I don't, what do you want We're from me? We're doing a TV show, these for heaven's old, sake. These are old friends of ours. Well, good. It's great. Old friends. Um, it's a TV show. Speaking, um, of, uh, speaking of old friends, what? GE is an old uh, oh. friend in many ways, given we worked there, worked for the company for many years. Carl, I know you've been following this with Markopoulos pretty closely. And the company did, that is GE, come out with a more detailed response, I guess, uh, this morning. Uh, Q&A, Q written Q&A between... Uh, CFO, I think, and uh, investor note they put out addressing really long-term care and Baker Hughes. Right? Long-term care, you go back and forth with GE. Here's the issue with long-term care. There is no level of reserves. Nothing's good enough. And the reason why nothing's good enough is because it's about uh, their finite, they paid off, the, the insurance is paid off, and then people live much longer. And the cost of in-home health care is was not thought about. So, I mean, yes, they can believe their current reserves are well-supported. I think they are. They can, but can, what? But it's not, is it fair to call it fraudulent if you disagree Absolutely with not. where they're no, I coming thought that that was, I thought that was market manipulation. Okay. I think you can say, listen, they're under-reserved. AIG was under-reserved. You could argue that Warren Buffett's under-reserved. 
everyone, anything that is long-term care is per se under-reserved because if people start living even longer, I mean, you know, it's sad, but I'll tell you that the big bet for long-term care is you have to believe that the actual tables reverse and people start dying younger, and you have to start believing. I had an AMN Healthcare, their staffing company, on for healthcare. You have to start believing that there's a surfeit of nurses, of which there's the opposite. That both those things have to go GE's way. That said, if you look at what the regulators want, they're doing it. So why is that fraudulent? If you do what the regulators want, why is that fraudulent? You and may what, have was a different, fund, what was the hedge fund that I, they're working for? I don't know. Well, what is that? Does that make it so? Um, if you say I, you're but working I haven't for tried to fund, find out. Does, I, I, I probably should. Is this really the I best? Sunlight is the best disinfectant. Was that Brandeis? Yes. Here's the sunlight. I'm working for a hedge fund. I'm trying to destroy GE. I think the sunlight should include the hedge fund. I think and right. I also think that if I were the head of the SEC, I w- might make a call. I might well put a little jingle in there. Uh, no, that's well, listen, that said, when, uh, you know, hedge funds own a lot of stuff and then analysts come out all the time and bull them up and we don't ever say a word about it. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. I just found it was this notion that you can do what the regulators want. and Somehow it's fraudulent if you do what the regulators want. Seems wrong. To yeah. Me. No. It just seems wrong to me. Uh, but I mean, Larry Cole is are... not, you know, and, and the, look, the Baker use accounting, you know, that's harder. I don't think, again, uh, Lorenzo is an open guy, the CEO of Baker Hughes. I've never really heard anyone say that anything negative about the accounting. Right. That doesn't mean there isn't a possibility. But I just bridle at the long-term care because you just can't tell how much it is. So what you do is you do what the regulators want and a little in excess. And that's what Larry Culp's been doing, the CEO. A um, couple of uh, stocks, guys, I'm watching this morning. One is this uh, Aramark, which is up sharply on— Mickey uh, Mantle. On news that uh, Mantle Ridge, oh, that's Mantle right, Ridge. the, um, the uh, activist, well, you, you can call it a fund, but it really isn't, because what Mr. Halal, Paul Halal, and we know him from we the CSX, him. from the CSX yes. Hunter Harrison move, which went very well for them. Really, what he does, though, is he creates these special purpose vehicles with these five-year lockups where the general partner doesn't get anything. It's like a, you don't get a management fee. And then you get a percent of the upside if it works at the end of the investment when you exit it. And by the way, it's worth mentioning, and I haven't really, that this structure is now one that is used frequently by many of these activist investors. They aren't really raising big funds any longer. They are going with these special purpose vehicles, which are certainly, from the perspective of a limited partner, preferable because you can make a choice. I want to go in on that with you instead of a fund where you're stuck with whatever they're choosing. And so... In our mark, he has a 9.76% economic position or beneficial ownership, but he also has cash settled derivatives that take him to uh, economic exposure of about 20%. Um, and the stock is up sharply, you can see, this hour mark. Why? Because I guess people think that he's going to push uh, management to perhaps separate. You know, they have a uniforms business, they have a food business. Um, they yeah. don't do as well as their competitor, Compass. Interestingly, no, I had heard from a number of sources that Mr. Halal's ambitions here were far larger than this 20 percent stake, uh, that he had been um, approaching large invest- institutional investors about a much larger equity check and also approaching banks about potential debt financing to try to actually engineer or go private for this company, which, by the way, had been taken private, private public a oh, bunch do it of again? Has $7 billion in debt. It has a lot of debt. So, he didn't seem to succeed on that. Halal himself answers his cell phone and says absolutely nothing. We'll never talk answers to me. Answers his own phone? Does, but then Good he's very him. polite in saying that I'll never speak to you. Please 
hang up. This is a Philadelphia um, company that did not have a great last quarter, but right. but it had a lot of good previous quarters. It's an outsourcer. And we know that there are a lot of companies that really don't know how to run their commissary, so you outsource it to them. It's been a pretty good business. They also are, they do stadiums. That's yes, another good they business. are the provider of food at a lot of the stadiums as well. But again, they have underperformed their competitors. But to your point, they've gone private, public, $7 billion in debt. Unclear how that would pencil out for an LBO. Uh, but uh, right now, he's just got a very large stake, and we'll see what happens with it. But the market well, reacting positively, I guess, I know that for the, the prospects the, the for stock it. started going up after that big quarter, and no yeah. one could figure out. That's why. Because I think a lot of people didn't think it was vulnerable, given the fact it has so much debt. Yeah. But that turned out to be no defense. Well, or he's stuck in it. I don't know. You know, no. He got big in it and had really? bigger ambitions, and now he's sort of stuck. Guys, also wanted to mention Tegna. This came out late on Friday from the journal. Uh, the stock didn't really have a lot of time to trade on it this talk. Uh, news of talks uh, that took place way earlier this year, back in February. Apollo did approach, I'm told, uh, it was a soft approach of Tegna, local television station owner, of course. They were interested then in exploring a deal. They didn't give them a price at that point. Uh, And subsequently, um, my understanding is that Apollo has talked to them a couple of times, but more on the actual focus being to sell them some of the stations. Apollo has been the large leverage buyout slash private equity firm, of course, has been focused on sort of putting together this roll-up of local television stations around the country. They've got a couple of pending deals. But my understanding is they've really been talking to them more. Uh, in fact, I know that they have been talking to them more recently uh, about selling stations to Tegna. So don't read a lot into that one. Um, yeah, even though the stock was up sharply in the after hours on Friday yeah. after the journal had that report. Uh, there also was Standard General, a firm I'm not familiar with, that filed a 13G late Wednesday with a very large stake. And then you had this story come out late Friday. Wow. Uh, that is an area that has been a black hole. David, while you're away, Viacom <laughs> did a merger. Um, yes, they announced he, the he, deal. Yeah. Yes. He, he joined us. I did yeah, call in. Oh, you I, did at call least. in. Yes, remember, and briefly we had a discussion about it. And I there, think- was some dis- there was some distress that the... Um, Synergy numbers announced were lower than the street has yes, anticipated. That's what I think. Now, oftentimes, it is what you like to call under-promise, over-deliver. over-deliver. Uh, and that may be the case here because I did hear higher numbers associated with a potential deal than they came out with. Um, so that certainly seemed to uh, be somewhat of a disappointment. Overall, the sector not doing particularly well, particularly since Disney's quarter, which yeah, we all know is less than stellar, yeah, certainly for Disney. had good... Good numbers on yes. Friday. And then this is one of those that reminds me, one of the most discouraging things that I've been involved with in the last couple of years was DuPont, Dow DuPont. Uh, I think Dow DuPont separate would have been worth more. Uh, Viacom, CBS, clearly separate, at least at the beginning, worth more. Interesting. But they're getting together. And uh, the question, obviously, will be, can they deliver on those synergy targets? Will they raise them yeah. at some point? And what deal's next? Because, by the way, this deal will close cheap. quickly. Failed right. to point that out. You have the con- uh, same controlling shareholder on both sides. It's not a change of control. Right. Therefore, it is going to take less time for the regulatory review. So this thing could be closed before the end of the year. That, that, that group is cheap. I don't know what happens. There's no big roll-up. No. Happen. There's no more roll-up. No, there's more, no, no. more roll-ups. It's, it's over. Yeah. And, you know, you got to come back. Always remember, Rupert Murdoch decided to sell because he wasn't large enough. Yeah, that was a pretty good move by him. Yeah, it was. Yeah. He had a, the softest voice there. Uh, a couple of, <laughs> What? I, don't, I know. Uh, they're in t- the loudest. And uh, Succession, by the way. 
which is really good. Uh, season two, apparently a lot better yeah. than season one. Even. Uh, so every Dow yeah. component is green except for McDonald's, and we're up 290. Let's get to Bob Bassani. Bob? Good morning, Carl. Uh, up 300, essentially been up 300 since the open here. All of the uh, cyclicals say outperforming, defensive not. Take a look here. So you've got, uh, well, there's your Dow Industrials. This has been one heck of a rally here, folks. From the bottom on Thursday, we have moved close to in fact, a little more than 800 points here. That's a pretty big move overall that uh, we've seen. You can see the pop here today. Sectors are moving today, include semiconductors, banks, retail, consumer discretionary. Utilities have been lagging uh, overall. The important thing is we have been moving lockstep with the 10-year yield. And there's the 10-year yield right there, bottoming on Thursday there. What would we, 1.47? Uh, and here you can see us moving up. Essentially, lockstep, this is the 10-year yield versus the, uh, the Dow Industrials. Essentially, we're moving in lockstep along with it. So the big question is, what happens with the 10 years? This happens, unfortunately. Sometimes things just get stuck uh, moving directly in tandem with each other. I think the important thing here is the, uh, the market rally that we're seeing today, the bond sell-off. Is it going to happen? Is it going to be uh, eventually continue at this point here? Are bond yields bottoming, I think, is the most important question overall. Uh, we ha- can't answer that right now, but in the last couple of days, that's certainly been happening. The recession fears have eased a little bit. The president's people have been out over the weekend trying to calm concerns about recessions out there. We've got a Huawei reprieve on top of that. There's been some vague discussions over in Europe about more stimulus, not just from the ECP, but maybe even Germany doing some stimulus. None of this has come to fruition yet, but there's been vague talk about that over the week helping things out. So the big question is, are the bond yields at a bottom? If they are, a lot of people can argue that this this defensive sector move over cyclicals has been way overdone. We've seen this all throughout the year. If you take a look at sectors in the third quarter, REITs have been outperforming, staples have been outperforming, utilities have been outperforming, and of course the cyclicals like technology and industrials have been underperforming. If yields are really at a bottom, bulls can certainly make an argument that that should start reversing. But we don't know because they don't have a clear argument, a clear path to winning that argument right now. This has really been going on all throughout 2019. It's true, technology still has a very small edge. I'm talking about year-to-date now, where tech's up 25%. But here, again, defensive. REITs, staples, and utility are two, three, and four. Industrials are further down there. Everything else is further down there. So let's just say, with the exception of tech, this is still on the year a very much a defensive rally. Uh, overall that we have been seeing. Finally, just want to note, uh, lift trading down a little bit. You've heard all day the lockup period is expiring. This is five months, not six months. They, they moved it up a little bit here. Uh, lift just turned to the upside. It opened on the downside. There it is on the, uh, on the uh, upside. I think the important thing to point out is $72 uh, five months ago, 52. It's still underperforming both its IPO peers as well as the overall market. If you look in the last, uh, since the quarter to date, IPO, there's the IPO ETF. That's sort of the benchmark. That's the green line here. And there you see Lyft here, uh, the white line, and that's Uber as well. Both of them underperforming. So two of the bigger IPOs this year still underperforming their overall peers for the quarter. Right now we're holding up. Dow's up 285 points. Carl, back to you. Bob, thanks. See you in a little while. Uh, Bob Bassani. Uh, Google, meantime, went public 15 years ago today. The IPO was priced at 85, as you might recall, giving the company a market cap of $25 billion. Since then, the stock now known as Alphabet has surged more than 2,600%. Uh, as you can see, look at that chart from 15 years ago. That was, remember that day? I remember Watch I auction? said, I came on the network and I said the stock's going to triple. And no sooner did I said that, was the uh, general counsel called me. How dare you say that? 
Well, they did that, that Dutch auction, which was yeah. odd. But I, what I always remember, of course, is the don't be evil. I think we even have that. Don't be evil. Don't be evil, yep. um, which was right there at the top of the, uh, the S1. We believe strongly in the long term will be better served to shareholders than in all, all other ways by a company that does good things for the world. Even if we forego, they said, some short-term gains, an important aspect of our culture broadly shared within the company. Interesting to read that now in light of this recent change from the business roundtable. We have that, too. Yeah, yeah, changing their statement of what, basically what a company's mission is supposed to be, signed by 180 CEOs, deal ethically with your suppliers, invest in your employees, think of your communities. People are arguing whether this means anything or not. I, I think that I had a... By a man by the name of Scott Barchet, whom you're familiar with. Uh, yes. From Paul Weiss. I think he's the foremost MA lawyer in the country. He's certainly. And at a conference I gave them. for corporate governance, he said something that was really amazing. He said that the Delaware courts are now willing to consider other stakeholders, including what you just described. And he had said that Delaware courts had pretty much gone Milton Friedman for a long time. And now that they're willing to consider it, that's a major change. You're no longer uh, against the dictum of you're, you're hurting the shareholders. That's important. And Barche is, again, Barche is a cutting edge. And I was, I, I was taken by it. happened. He said it. Nobody seemed to care. Uh, that was really unusual that the Delaware courts now say, look, you can't just be for the shareholders. You've got to be for the stakeholders. That's very much the Benioff way of looking at things. Larry Listen, Fink. Well, you Larry have Fink. The, the key guy in those courts is very much of that, of that view. You've also had, actually, I believe. At your... He's retiring. Yes, he is. Yeah. Uh, but this is going to be a key issue in the upcoming presidential campaign, oh, one sure would is. imagine, as well. Sort of the de- defining what capitalism should be right. in the view of two different uh, Well, it'll be parties. interesting. Does Elizabeth Warren believe that the workers own the means of production? You know, said that, don't you? Yes, I'm aware of that. Russian yes. prune juice. Yeah. <laughs> Let's get to the bond pits of Rick Santelli at the CME. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Carl. What a difference a few days makes. I know that Bob was saying it's hard to tell if interest rates have bottomed. Uh, I don't think it's hard to tell. They have bottomed. Now the question is, how long will this bottom be sustained? And there's some things we could look at to give us the answer. First of all, the curve's re-steeping. And remember, this double asterisk at Wall Street Journal, and many just seem to have forgotten. The curve never closed inverted. It was an intraday inversion. So articles are talking about an inverted curve. It really isn't. Now, can it get again? Yes. But right now, it's trading just under 10 base points. Look at a two-day of twos. Certainly, they're up a bit. You could look at the formation, left side to right side. It's up four base points. As you go to the long end of the market, 30-year bonds, notice how it's much different. Yes, they're up six basis points, just like 10s are. But the reason I picked 30s is this is one area where you can really handicap if this bottom's going to hold for a while. Let's harken back to June of 2016 because... Unlike 10-year note yields, which double-bottomed in uh, J- uh, July of 2012 and 2016, we only had one bottom in July of 16 and 30s, and that was a close of 210. Obviously, last week we went through it like a hot knife through butter, but boy, have we come right back to test it. And if we close above it, there's your answer on whether this bottom holds for a while. Finally, the dollar index since July 19, you could see the last day of July. Fed Day is when it made its high going back to May of 2017. We're very close to that. And finally, it's really kind of ironic. Nobody's showing this chart anymore. The onshore uh, dollar versus the Chinese yuan. Listen, it is hovering here, but there's a lot of forces at work on this trade deal, and a lot of them show up on that chart. Carl, Jim, and David, back to you. 
That's great. All right, Rick, we'll see you in a little while as well. Uh, Rick Santelli, obviously holding uh, the majority of the uh, pre-market gains. Dow's up 276. We're back to 29.21 as we keep an eye on the 50-day at 29.44. Back in a moment. Pretty good breadth here. As you can see, only one Dow component in the red. That's McDonald's. We opened up 336, holding on to 258. We'll get stopped trading with Jim after a break. Time for Kramer and stop trading. What if they gave a lockup expiration and no one came? I'm watching Lyft, and it does seem to hold in. The only reason it would really hold in would be that people felt, you know what, it should never have gone down. And I wonder whether John Zimmer, who is really quite the guy, uh, has talked to a lot of the holders and said, look, this was a good quarter. Stay put. We saw that at a Facebook expiration when it went down to 1819. So watch this stock, because that is a stock where a lot of people felt here comes a flood. If there is no flood, then I think people say, you know what, maybe we're fine until we work. We work being something that don't think the market's ready for yet. I'm being told that uh, RBC's taking their Uber target to 62. We're going to talk to Mark Mahaney later this morning. Well, Lyft is doing better than, than Uber. Remember, these, all these have problems because they all are paying drivers more than they make in per car. But I do think that, that if Lyft holds in there, that is going to be a sign, a clarion call, that maybe there aren't as many insider sellers as we think for the stocks that have broken. So anyway, I like that. And then tonight, I'm focused on the American consumer and what the American consumer is doing uh, in the new ways, and particularly uh, when it comes to where the uh, millennials put their dollars. I've been researching millennials, and they're not all that crazy. Oh, that's good to know. Because they owe $7 trillion in debt. And when, by the way, six years, six years, $100,000 for college. Sorry, Carl. Thanks, Jim. Thanks for that little pick-me-up to close out the hour. We'll see you tonight. Mad Money, 6 p.m. Obviously, Dow's up 253. You've been listening to the opening hour of CNBC's Squawk on the Street. Picture this. It's Saturday morning, and you're on your John Deere compact tractor. You're effortlessly breaking ground on your new landscaping project. Next, you're moving piles of rocks just by moving a lever. And now, you're enjoying the warmth of the sun as you clear brush across your pasture. We could keep trying to put you in the moment, but to really understand everything you can do with a John Deere compact tractor, you just have to get in the seat. Learn more at johndeere.com slash get in the seat or visit a dealer near you.